It's Friday night, 7 o'clock. I think it's time for the sports phone. Friday night, 7 o'clock. It's time for another edition of the Sports Phone here on KZYX. Jerry in Oregon, Jim in the studio. Jim, how you doing tonight? Pretty good. We're uh, Our quick little weather report, we're between two, uh, two and a half inch storms. Um, today was beautiful and sunny, and we get ready for another two, three inches of rain starting tomorrow, which... Uh, I've gotten to love. You know me. Fill my water tanks. Yeah. No, you're if, if there's one thing you get obsessed about, it's it's about water collection and water tanks. There's been a lot of a lot of pipe run at your house on the property, a lot of wells well not a lot of wells dug, a lot of tanks assembled and, and installed. Uh, on my weather front we got a little bit of snow up here. Really? In in, in the uh, Portland area, but it didn't stick. That was a little bit of a bummer. Because uh, I was, I was hoping we were going to get some snow that stuck, but uh, we didn't get that, which was a little bit of a shame. But uh, maybe next time if is it our, gets a little bit colder. Is our music getting any less cheesy as we go? Oh, oh not at all. If okay. anything, it's getting more cheesy. All right. Which is why I did propose, you know, when we switched time slots, when we came to Fridays at seven, <laughs> I proposed if we needed to do a reboot of the, of the theme song, uh, it would be the time. But we uh, we voted against that decision, and the theme song. We'll stay uh, until we we have it until unless we have any unless unless something drastic happens we will absolutely be keeping the the, the show uh, song as it is. I've got a feeling. Welcome everybody to the sports phone. Uh, if you're new to the show, let me break down what's going to be going on for the next hour or so. This is an open forum sports talk show. Jim and I are here. We very simply want to hear what you want to talk about. You being the listeners in the world of sports. We don't really care what level it's at. It can be professional, college, international, local stuff. We don't care what the topic is. As long as it's sports-related, we want to talk about it. We want to listen to uh, you, the callers, bring up the topics. We'll lend our opinions if you so desire. But more important than anything else, we just like to spend this hour a week uh, separating ourselves from all the chaos in the world and just talking sports for an hour. It's, it's a good time. It's a good way for me to kind of decompress and end the week after a busy week of work. Uh, I really enjoy it. I know Jim does as well. So we're looking forward to, to talking sports with you for the next hour or so. Before we get rolling, though, oh, yeah. uh, I haven't had to do this in a while, but I am going <laughs> to throw it back to Jim because we have a guest. We had a, a call of, uh, was it last week, maybe two weeks ago? No, it was last that week. Had some, it was last week that had some questions about what was going on in the local world. And so Jim got to it, and uh, he got a guest for us. So, Jim, why don't you uh, introduce our guest, and what are we talking about today? Yeah, it was a woman called last week, Jer, and, and she said, can we have an update on high school and, and rec league sports around here? It's like, uh, have, have, have sports just totally dropped off? You know, and, and I, I realize that's our life, uh, keeping up with this stuff. But other, other people, they don't talk about it on the COVID reports every day on the radio. I mean, how do you find out? So sports phone is one way. We, we struck it rich, Jer, this week. 
We've got who you have told me, Jerry, with your Google expertise, the recreation supervisor for the city of Ukiah. Um, so this is the guy that runs Rec League Sports. We have another who's who name in Southern Humboldt. This is Jake Burgett. Jake Burgess. He went to South Fork High School with famous basketball players like Tim Anderson and Gene Cotter. Played against one of our regular callers in high school, Josh Furks. Went to Holy Names. I believe played basketball there. And uh, now he is recreation supervisor for the city of Ukiah. You ready to talk, Jake? Yeah, I'm here. I'm ready, Jim. Hey, Jake. Thank you so much for joining us. So, to get started, this is something that I think Jim and I might have been a little isolated from when when it was when we were talking about rec sports in Mendocino when I was growing up because that was pretty much just little league and it was you know maybe three teams in in, in one age group. Can you talk a little bit about the scale or what what rec recreational sports looks like in the city city of Ukiah? Just kind of in, in a larger scheme, what that looks like. Yeah, of course. You know, pre-COVID, of course, last year, uh, recreational sports in Ukiah was, was huge. We in our, in our youth basketball program, on a given year and on last year, we had over a thousand kids on over a hundred teams in grades K through 12. Our little league program over here is really huge too. They usually have about 500 to 600 players, and that's yeah, from t-ball all the way up through majors. Wow. And youth soccer is usually pretty big, about about the same, about 500 600 players on a given year. Uh, we also have a girls' youth softball program, which runs parallel to little league for boys. And last year, right before COVID kind of hit, we had 25 teams ready to go with opening day a week away, and we were really excited about that. That was going to be a huge year for us, the 25 girls, uh, mostly in grades K through about six or so, 20, sorry, 25 teams, not 25 girls, um, ready to go. So, yeah, I mean, high school sports and all those other you know, highly competitive sports are obviously huge for communities and to follow and get behind, but for a lot of parents around in the community, Youth sports is typically what your kind of week revolves around, your kid's little league game, your kid's basketball practice, and all those things. And so without that, it's really been a huge loss this last year. Well, it's funny, Jake, because everything you just said, and unless I'm, I think I, I'm with you on the structure, everything you just said, you haven't even gotten into adult sports, like the adult recreation leagues as Let well. So it's like that compounds what you're dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis even more. Um the question I had to get started with all this, and I can't believe I'm, I'm going, Jim, all the way in the Wayback Machine to <laughs> spring of last year, but, but we haven't had this conversation. One of the things, Jake, that, that we found so fascinating with high school sports was how quickly it went from practice, maybe we're going to play a game, to no, we're done, we're shutting it down. Was it that quick for, for, for you? Like you were talking about you had 25 teams ready to go for softball. Was it as quick as one day you thought you were going to be playing and the next day it was just everything was on hold? Yeah, we kind of we kind of sensed some things were coming. We were trying to finish up our youth basketball season, and as I mentioned, it was such a huge scale. On a given weekend, we would have six gyms going simultaneously, and each gym there'd be eight games, and so that's you know close over ninety plus teams going on a given weekend. And I believe it was March. I'm gonna think. I think it was March 9th or 10th was our last weekend of games, and COVID was kind of brewing up, and we ended up playing. It was kind of 
questionable if we should play the games, but we ended up playing them. And we installed our protocols of no sharing water bottles. We wiped down uh, the ball between games. We had all sorts of other things we put in place, and we got that last weekend done on March 9th. The following week, Right. And everything got shut down. And you know, I was actually coaching Little League, coaching my son's team. We had got through about three weeks of practice. We were probably one week away from opening day. And boom, done. And, you know, but we, at that point, everyone kind of thought it was just paused for a few weeks. <laughs> Tell me and about so, it. <laughs> you know, we kind of thought it was going to be like a four-week thing. And we'll all sort of lay low, and then we'll come back, and we'll resume regular life. And of course, we're here almost a year later, and that didn't happen. And like you mentioned, Jerry, uh, I didn't hit on the adult side. In March, we were also getting ramped up for our adult softball and other adult sports leagues. Our adult softball league, typically in the summer, would have over 80 teams going, plus a number of tournaments, some tournaments with about 20 teams. And that was a big kind of hole in a lot of people's lives around here. And just kind of the regular fabric of, of Ukiah and Mendocino in general is a lot of it. There's a lot of adult softball players. A lot of come from Fort Bragg, a lot of come from Mendo, and a lot of great players from over there on the coast come, a lot of big hitters. And, um, you know, that kind of not happening last year was just a really weird, really weird part of life around here, not having things like adult softball, things like Little League, things like All soccer. right, m- move on now. Fast forward right now, Jake. Uh, for, first of okay. all, before you give us right now, because we know you don't have anything going, I just want to see what it sounds like coming. Well, we do have our pods. I oh, mean, go ahead. So that's, what, that's the one thing we've been able to do this entire last summer, and we pushed the health department on allowing us to do swim lessons and other sort of small baseball pods where, hey, it's outside, we can, we can distance, they can play catch, you know, no shared equipment. And we do have a lot of pods going. We have had baseball and softball. We've had volleyball, both indoors and outdoors. We've done youth football pods, all different times, different places. No contact, though, just sort of running plays and playing catch. We did youth rugby. Um, We've done cross-country, a partnership with the high school to do some cross-country pods, all under the same health parameters that they have set forth with 12 kids, one or two coaches, they meet once or twice a week, everyone distances, and it's a minimum of four weeks for stability. So it's no ins and outs. Um, by the way, uh, if you have a question specifically about Ukiah Rec Sports or Rec Sports in general that probably only Jake can answer more than Jerry do with all his Google expertise, um, give a call. I can only Google so well. <laughs> 707-895-2448. If you want to get a question to Jake Burgess, if not, we're going to let him finish for three or four minutes here. I still want to know, I guess, I mean, it's just a joke, I guess, to say, when are we going to see uh, indoor basketball from a rec league standpoint? I guess it's going to be the same time we see it in high schools, when it's, when, when we drop down. Let's see, let's see who this call says here. Hello, call. You're on the air. Hello, Young. Tim Anderson. Hey. Way to go, Jake Burgess. Timmer, what's up? <laughs> hey, are you a uh, one-two guy or a hop guy into your jumper? Because you've got the stroke. <laughs> now I just want to know about the footwork getting into it. Tim, um, I like to think I'm a hop guy, but 
really my more effectiveness is a one-two guy. When I try to do a hop, I just don't have the athleticism like a Ray Allen type of person to do that, and it's just my percentage goes down to be is that honest in a self-analysis. Forty-six tip. talking, and maybe a little less uh, carrying a couple extra, or is that like? Even no, that's going day. back to that's going back to prime time. Is you know. It, I'm always self-analyzing and trying to do. The know, jump stop. The miss, jump stop is dead, again. Tim. Get get over it, Tim. The jump stop, the 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 hop. That that's 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 old stuff. <laughs> and then secondly, how do you have non-contact rugby? That's what I want to know. Uh, same way you have non-contact football. You run around, play catch. So and baseball, volleyball. Um, what's that? Is it like one hand touch? Like, is it, um, it was not competing. It was solely practicing. Yeah, solely practicing, running plays, just working on skills. The same thing. We're doing basketball pods right now where all kids are in a mask and distancing. You can do dribbling. Um, you know, in a gym, we typically have six hoops, right? So you do two kids per hoop, and they can, they can shoot and distance, and they can dribble between cones and work on skills without actually having contact. The only kind of... I would say gray area activity would be knockout or, you know, kids call it fireball. Right. And that's not exactly contact, but you kind of get a little chippy in, a little in knockout. closer than six feet sometimes, maybe. Yeah, but it's still not exactly like three-on-three three or, you know, a two-on-one drill or something like that. Right. I've been doing the same thing outside with some of the girl athletes as, uh, you know, wearing the mask and just doing tons of footwork and shots and, um, you know, we'll can potentially continue to do that through the spring, but I think Noah's maybe coming on a little later to talk about what's shaking out with high school sports, so the numbers may be a little limited in that you're not going to be able to, to be a DuPont at once. Well, you know, hopefully as vaccines get rolled out and we get farther away from the whole Christmas and New Year's kind of uh, spike that we go backwards through the tiers and more things are opened up and we're able to do more stuff. That's that's my hope. What, what I have learned, Tim, and from, from Jake, and we were talking about it earlier, is is the overall okay during purple, you can do tennis and golf and whatever, and during red you can bring in softball and baseball. That's all the same, whether it's youth, whether it's whether it's adult or whether it's high school. So. The whole thing, I mean, uh, we got shut down so quickly. I'll bet you it seems like it comes back at a crawling space, at a crawling <laughs> pace. It's it's gonna it's gonna take a while, I I think. Jerry, should we move I, on? Well, I, you did touch on that, and Jake, I'd love to get your thoughts on on something kind of related to what Jim just said, real quick, just to get your opinion on this, because. I have a tendency maybe to be a little too negative about the COVID sports world. I think Jim, sometimes I will criticize him for being too optimistic. Where are you on that scale in terms of, are you hopeful, Jake, about what rec sports are going to look like six months from now, a year from now? Like what, do you where your where's your optimism meter about where rec sports are? Yeah, I, I gotta right say now? I'm really hopeful. I really think okay. that youth sports are going to bounce back. I think that basically everything I hear, all the phone calls and emails and Facebook messages and everything that we receive in the rec department, uh, it's really a priority for people. And, you know, people are going to want to do it. We're going to figure out ways to do it. And as I mentioned previously, the real 
kind of a lot of games is one of the issues that we kind of got to figure out. And, you know, if you play eight games in a day in a gym, that's 16 teams, that's 160 kids, that's 320 parents. How do we, how do you do that safely? Or as we talked about the little league, if you have three fields going and six teams simultaneously, it's one bathroom facility and that's just one round and you play four rounds throughout the day. Um, how does all that work? What kind of cleaning protocols? I think there's a lot of opportunity to, to make things work. You see NBA is playing and they have fans in the stands. NFL, there were 17,000 people at the Chiefs game. I mean, of course, that's because they have a lot of. Do we lose, Jake? Uh, I'm like still it. here, you know, so maybe we that's did. Not the funding. Sorry, issue, I'm here. You know. Oh, good, Jake's still here. Oh, that's, good. That's Tim. Jake, are you there? Oh, yeah, Jake's there. Yes, I'm here. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah that that I, I see that, and and I don't think you try youth sports. We should be comparing to to the NBA. I mean, it's just the resources. The the um, I, I, I don't know. You know, um, Noah Golds had another interesting take on on this. Is we are going to be able to offer it coming up, but he's offering these co co cohorts and he's not getting that many kids that, that are coming to play though so not only are you going to open up the sports but we're going to find out who still wants to play and what parents are going to say no you can't play or it's too dangerous you're not going to school you're sure not going to play sports who knows how that's going to go we got to move on jer yeah jake i this was a pleasure i think context and perspective is is something i love we haven't talked a lot about rec sports i loved hearing about it it's, it's interesting to hear the the similarities to the issues you're facing with with inter with scholastic sports as well as the own unique stuff i wish this the best i really do hope you know you guys get little league and rec basketball going again because it's it was some of the most fun i had growing up was playing in those types of leagues and, and being around it even even after i was older so i wish you the best of luck and uh, hopefully uh, we'll see you out on the courts and fields sooner rather than later Okay, hey, thanks a lot for having me on. I appreciate it. Awesome. Jared, thanks, Jake. What's fascinating here, Jerry, is, I mean, we're talking, we talked to Noah Gold, we talked to Tim Anderson. I, I We lost Tim there when I hit drop. I thought I was going to lose just Jake, but we lost okay. Tim. Tim, if you have anything more, you're welcome, like anybody else, to call 707-895-2448. We encourage double dipping instead of um, discourage double dipping. So you're, anybody's welcome to call it at any time. But, yeah, I'm just thinking, you know, we're talking to Tim and we're talking to Noah and Josh Ferks and there's these schools of 400 or 200 kids and how are you going to do this? He's talking about thousands of kids playing th mm -hmm. sports in Ukiah. It makes the schools look tiny. Yeah, well, and it's interesting too just because I, I, I lived in a suburb of Phoenix for six years, which is, I think is fairly bigger than much larger than Ukiah. Oh, but God, it, yes. it's a, I think it's a better comparison to what, what Ukiah is dealing with than like Mendocino recreational sports or maybe even Fort Bragg for that matter. And so like, it's a logistical nightmare. I can imagine what, what they're dealing with, with protocols, facilities, as he was talking about, there's, there's so much that goes on with that. I, I, I think in its own way, it presents challenges that are so different than figuring out how is Mendocino going to drive to Point Arena to play a baseball game, right? Like it's 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 yeah. such a different set of challenges and logistics. It's it's really interesting. Seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. Give us a ring. Phone lines are open. 
feel free to give us a call so we can talk about sports 707-895-2448 that is the number to call if you want to talk about sports it is friday january 29th jim what happened today in sports what do you have on this day on this day january 29th in 2012 okay recent 2012 sean white (laughs) i'm gonna get this out and then take this call Sean White was the first snowboarder in the Winter X Games to score 100 points, which, as compared to, that is a perfect score. That would be like a figure skater getting all 10s. It's a first person probably that's ever got all 100 points in in the in a snow snowboarding half pipe event i just saw that and you know jerry i just thought about the time i said what do you think about um he, he you once told me you know how is the the regular olympics ever going to compete with the winter olympics they're doing double backflips on on uh, on snowmobiles <laughs> hello caller you're on the Jim. air Hey, how you guys doing tonight? We're doing great. Doing good. What's on your mind? Uh, awesome show, man. Good stuff. We need stuff about the kids. Um, oh, one thing we wanted to tell everybody in this pandemic, you know, in this in the lack of sports for the kids, there is Ukiah Rusty Bull. It's been there since like '73, and um, their social distancing. You can come down and ride your bike down there, get your exercise. Um, The Rusty Bull? What did you say? Bull. It's the BMX oh. track. Oh, right across oh. the way from, yeah, right down at the end of Gobi. Oh, I got it. You go follow it down onto the uh, east side there. All the way down, they have the, the uh, baseball uh, field. Huh. We are breaking up with him, Jer. I, I assume uh, no one can hear him if I can't. Yeah, I didn't, but I think I, he did get out what he was going for, though, right? Is that there are like there is the opportunity in Ukiah? It sounds like you know for kind of skateboarding, BMX, biking, those types of things. There's a spot in Ukiah for that, that that is open. That's good. That's good to hear. I think those those types of places. I think call it a skate park for for lack of another oh, okay. word. All right, that's I think what it's important. Those types of things are still open. Yeah, and it's good that that there is a spot for that. Um, Jim, I have to ask. Because it's too good. Uh, you brought up Sean White, who's yeah. one of the more well-known snowboarders in in the world. Do you know Sean White's nickname by chance? No idea. So his nickname is the Flying Tomato. Huh. Okay. Because of his super red hair. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, huh. he has really long red hair, and so he got the nickname the Flying Tomato. Well, which, he, I, know, which I thought. Um, I imagine if 2012. Um, and it's that was nine years ago. I imagine he's still quite a snowboarder. Yeah, I, I don't know how recently he's competed. I, I know he got into skateboarding too for a while. Like he started doing skating in the, in the summer X Games, um, and he was pretty good at that as well. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I haven't kept track of, of that. I'm not an avid X Games follower. I'll watch it when it's on, but but I'm, I'm not keeping track of it. Uh, for my on the stay in sports on January 29th, we're going all the way back to 1936. So a long, one, a long, long time ago for this one. Uh, 1936, January 29th was the first uh, Hall of Fame group for Major League Baseball, uh, which included Ty Cobb, Babe Ruth, Honus Wagner, 
Christy Matthewson and Walter Johnson. They were the first group elected into the Baseball Hall of Fame. So I, I thought that I'm was assuming... definitely of note. Those are some of the biggest names in the history of baseball. Have you ever heard of Christy Matthewson? No, this, the, the, the second two names, Christy Matthewson and Walter Johnson, I didn't recognize. Ty Cobb, Babe Ruth, and Honus Wagner, I did. Is Christy Magnuson a female? I don't know. That's what I said. I, I, I didn't recognize the name. And if um, so, I, how did she make the first Major League Baseball Hall of Fame? I, 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 uh, I, yeah. Yeah, I don't think. <laughs> no, not a female. No. No. Okay, 707. Yeah, so full, full name was Christopher. Great nickname. 707-895-2448. Jerry, we haven't got to this yet, but I've been wanting to add it. What about today in sports? I want to know something that happened. The biggest thing that happened today, if we're going to do the biggest thing that happened on January 29th, how about right now today? You know, it's it's funny. You... I thought about this after we talked last or earlier before the show. We did do this last week because Hank Aaron died a week oh, ago. Oh, that's today. right. Someone brought so that we up. Did bring, we right. did bring that up. So today, uh, another bit of a kind of a downer of a news story. Another another legend in the sports world passed away today. This is one that I always knew the name, but I didn't really realize until reading about him a little bit more the impact he had on college basketball. Uh John Chaney, who was the head coach at Temple from 1982 to 2006, passed away today at the age of 89. And like I said, Jim, it's one of those names that because it was Temple, like it's not, you know, a Big East school, an ACC school. It's just an inner city Philadelphia school. I didn't realize how big a name that was in college sports. Um, But 516 wins, 17 NCAA tournament appearances, had had a top five ranked team, a number one ranked team. It's one of the big names in coaching in college basketball. And I, I just never really put that together because he was in the temple. So, so in today he died today. That's, that's today. the, the yes. storyline. All right. Yeah. And the last thing about our uh, things I like to get through is um, last week on the sports phone, <laughs> last week in the sports phone. Um, I just want to say, say uh, the direction it went was, was um, epic. It went from whirly ball in, which started in a, uh, well, we, the guy was talking about him playing in Chicago and someone else called about playing whirly ball. That's the bumper car, alcohol, alcohol included basketball game in some, some fashion. And then we've got the woman that called last week to want to know more information about growing up with donkey basketball, which I did too. And that truly is what it is. It's playing basketball on donkeys, usually as a fundraiser. Then we get a guy that calls up about donkey basketball, saying he had some techniques that worked to make his donkey move when everyone else couldn't get their donkey to move. So, I don't know if that's the direction the sports phone's going over the, over the next uh, month or so, Jared, but I had to mention that. That's last yeah. week on the sports phone. Yeah, that's that's what makes it you know a unique show. We don't we don't we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what we're going to talk about. Seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. We're about at the halfway point of the sports phone here. Uh, give us a call if you've got anything you want to talk about here on the show. Seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. Give us a ring. Let's talk about sports. Whatever is on your mind. Uh, Jim, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? Uh, Anything we wanted to recap or, or go back to, whatever's on your mind. I know we've got a we've got a big list. We don't have any calls at the moment, so I'm I'm up for taking this in any direction you'd like to go. Yeah, usually um, um, I, I'm always torn. You know, on on, on a, well, what 
which one of these will get more people to call? Which one's more exciting? Which one we'll talk about? But it seems like no matter what we bring up, it seems to be fun to talk about it. <laughs> I, I guess I did have one other update of sorts, and I think this is worth mentioning real quick because I don't think we got to it uh, last week. Um, but one thing that's kind of come up a little bit since we did our 2020 recap, and I think we've kind of touched on it throughout the shows as well, uh, just the the impact that that women have been having in in predominantly male sports or male sports situations. You know, we, we talked about that a lot on our recap of 2020. Like I mentioned, and it's kind of come up a little bit. I don't think we mentioned this uh, last week when I believe it was confirmed. So I think it's worth bringing up. Uh, Sarah Thomas, who was the first female official in the NFL. Uh, was the first female to officiate a playoff game in the NFL, is now going to be the first uh, female to officiate a Super Bowl uh, for the NFL. So I, I I think Jim and I are kind of on the same page. I think it's a big deal. If she's a good official, great. You know, I, I don't think it really – yeah, it's a big it's, – it's cool. It's it, I've, Everything kind of indicates she's good at her job. So I think it's a, it's a big deal that, that they've kind of carried her through and given her the chance to break that next milestone of officiating a uh, Super Bowl. I, the, the question I have about uh, Sarah Thomas, and I'd love to hear a little bit of history about her sometime. Um, you know, I, I, I lived and breathed and refed basketball, played, refed, watched, coached, whatever, um, you know, for 60-some of my 60-some years and I ran into a few referees in my day that knew all the rules, but they had never played basketball before. And it was very interesting because they had a whole different approach at the game. They, they hadn't coached. They hadn't really played. They had learned and studied the rule book. And I'm just wondering, Sarah Thomas... I'm guessing had to be an avid fan of football. I'm guessing back in the day, I don't know how old she is, but I'm guessing she didn't play high school or college football. Yeah, so I don't know that know, for a fact. She, she's, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, on the fly figure this out. She's, she's an athlete by trade, oh, like by no, by no doubt. She, she attended the University of Mobile, which I believe is a Division three school, if I recall correctly. No, on a scholarship, so it's Division two. My mistake. Uh, amassed 779 points, 441 rebounds, 108 assists, uh, and 192 steals. So she, in her career there, so she's she played college basketball. She started officiating in 1996, uh, huh. a, a, doing high school sports, uh, and this and then has worked her way up the ladder. I, I don't see anything specifically about how she got into football. But I would say, you know, she's an athlete. She was born and raised in Mississippi. So I imagine football is in part her, of her blood life. as just yeah. as an athlete in the South. Like, I think that's the, it's a fair assumption that your football is in your life one way or another. So so it doesn't surprise me that, that she got into it and knows the game. That, that, that makes sense. My guess, my guess, if she grew up in Mississippi, she has more of a feel for football than I do. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I thought that was of, of note and, and worth mentioning. Jim and I, Jim, I don't know if we, I don't think we even talked about this yet, but Jim, I do want to have a conversation about the Super Bowl at some point. Um, but seeing as how the game is not this Sunday, but a week from Sunday, I think we'll hold off on that and we can okay. talk about that next week. Uh, because it's going to be a little bit closer, but I definitely do want to talk about the Super Bowl a little bit. Um, but the Sarah Thomas story, you know, we've been Talking about women in sports all all year, I I, th I thought it was worth worth mentioning. 
it, she seems like a good official, so all power to her. It, it's really cool if, to see. If there's some um, football fans out there, 707-895-2448, if you're ready to talk about the Super Bowl now, bring it. Um, Jerry and I are going to wait till next we week. We don't even know who's in the Super Bowl yet. Can we talk about I don't think we can talk about it. What do you mean? Oh, we do know who's in the Super Bowl. Right, I forgot there's a break. I forgot there's a week break between yeah. the championship games and the Super Bowl. My mistake. My mistake. <laughs> Boy, that, oh, that, show, that shows where my focus is right now. Sorry about that. Boy, I, I, got, my, I got, got my weeks confused. Hello, uh, caller, you're yeah, on the, caller, you're on the air. Hi, you guys. I called a little bit ago. I got cut off. Go. Yeah. You, you did get cut off. You, you, you called about you sports, right? Yeah. Can you guys hear me now? Now you're clear, yeah. yep. Awesome. So I wanted to tell you guys a little bit about Rusty Bull right there in Ukiah. It's a USA BMX track, and it's also an Olympic sport. So you can catch a gold medal in the Olympics, and um, you can train. It's uh, male and female, all the way down to two-year-old kids. You can come down, I believe it's on Monday, uh, or sorry, Wednesday, Friday night, and uh, Sunday night as well. And um, we just got the place lit up with nice 1,000 uh, water, I think 1,500-watt lights. So there's night riding available now because we're in a northern latitude. Um, it's hard to keep the track lit. Um, or how, It's hard to ride in the winter when it's not lit. So we, you know, we got donations and we got sponsorships for that. Um, it's been around since the 70s. Um, a lot of people's parents in the local area have ridden there. We have families that come all the way from Eureka and all the way around. There's 24 uh, tracks in the state of California, and uh, the circuit's still running even with COVID. We have the national championships this year, and we have. Uh, he's breaking up again. Hold, hold on there. See if we can get him back. Um, my question is, Jerry. We'll see if he bounces back. Um, it, describe just for our, for our callers what a BMX bike is. Bike is. Well, it's a it's a bike designed for competition. I think is the way I would I would describe it. But instead of like you think of like a you know road race, not like a road racing bike. It's a bike designed for agility, quick movement and verticality i think also is is what it's is there that's the type of bike you're going to see in the x games and things like that but while we did have that caller it was really interesting to hear him describe this a little bit more because i I had mistaken rusty bull bmx for like rusty bull being the name of the place that's the actual like name of the event it sounds like where this is a type of race looking at it and it's it's an actual race track yeah yeah so so I always thought BMX was like skateboarding, where, where you were freestyling and being judged. There actually is yeah, is racing. Bicycle is- motocross is what it is. Um, bicycle motocross, and so it's an actual um, a dirt track that has a starting hill, and you roll your bike across the track. It's no jumps or gaps or tricks or anything. It's who can get from point A to point B the fastest across the finish line. And um, there's an eight-man gate or an eight-woman gate. And who can get from point A to point B? And it's basically roller mounds. It's, if you can imagine um, a racetrack without much of a lip or vertical um, ramps, it's more of just mounds of dirt, nice and smooth and round. Hmm. Like I said, I have a two-year-old daughter that goes out there, and <laughs> she rides a Strider bike with no pedals. And so it's really family-friendly. Um, and it's a great it's a great organization. It's um, it's been around for a long time. 
it's a national sport. It's a world sport. It's an Olympic sport. Um, it's really something that uh, everybody's kind of jumping to because football's out, because baseball's not going exactly. on. My kid's not doing wrestling. Um, it's, it's another thing that we've been doing, that I grew up doing, and that now we offer it to our kids. It's an awesome thing, you know? It's, it really is. You know, it's, ma- it's magic. What, what I love about this so much is I grew up in the area. I, you know, I went, I went, lived in, lived in Comshi, went to Mendocino High School, spent a lot of time in Ukiah. I had no idea this was a thing in, in Ukiah. Yeah, we, and and like that I is the said, kind of stuff I love. A, is when I find out about things that I had no eight, idea. And we have existed. a world three. She's ranked third in the world. She goes up against um, kids from Russia, Germany, and she wears the USA flag on her. And she's, I, I believe she's eight years old now or nine years old. Um, and she's, uh, she's cool to watch on the track. You go down there and these kids are encouraging other kids to ride better. And anybody can come with a helmet. First time's free. You can come down, bring your kids. If they like it, they love it, you can sign them up for the year. And it goes all year long versus some of these sports only cut out um, a couple months or something like that. This sport goes all year long. Um, they have a grand national championship in Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahoma, every single year um, for like 30 years. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a great family time. It's, it's awesome. There's a Colorado, state circuit. I'm, I'm you can curious, go hit all these I, state circuit more? races in different towns in Redding. Um, Eureka has a track. Napa has a track. I don't know if you guys know, but we have an Olympic bronze medalist that lives in Napa and has the Napa track. And he um, he handles the track. His name's um, Donnie Robinson. Um, he's uh, he's an awesome guy, and he trains the kids. We have some of these guys come up and teach the kids. With there's classes and seminars, um, and you can come out with any bicycle, mountain bike. You can come out with any bicycle. Um, it's really fun. What do you well, got, Carl, that's what I was going to ask. You kind of almost got to it, and I was curious. What's the learning curve for something like this? Like, if someone knows how to ride a bike, how what's how quickly does that translate? Would you say? I mean, it's cool because kids don't even know have to know how to ride a bike, and they can come out there and learn from the other kids. So, really, from two years old on, and um, kids that, like I said, they don't even have to pedal. There's Strider. Um, and you can put your feet down and walk on the track and just hmm. kind of roll your bike across the track without having to pedal. It's fascinating. So, um, it, it's, all, it's all ages, all groups, up to 50 and over classes, I believe. Um, you know, and it's, it's fun. It's a really a family sport. I appreciate the call. Um, I love it. Yeah, I love it. I guys. love learning something new. Give, and and give that's us, what that's what I just did. This give is us a call back when you when, when you have an event going and you want to promo the event. Give us a give us a call back or um you know, let us know in advance and we'll let you come on yes, and, sure. and we, there's a state race that goes on in Ukiah every year at the Rusty Bowl. Um, down at the end of Gobi, and we'll let you know. Let us and, know. Um, you know, it, it, it attracts upwards of about, I want to say, 80 motos with approximately, you know, X amount of riders each moto. I think I think there's eight per gate, and some. Um, so, if you can imagine, a hundred, about 800 kids, you know, and family. There's about 1, 1,200 people there at the racetrack once a year you know it's a really a cool thing call call when it's closer appreciate the call now jerry that was that 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 was 
That was something. And that was great. How was great. Did you know this? Was, no, let, let's just real quick. <laughs> be honest, Jim. I were you in the same boat as me? I had no idea this was going on in Ukiah. I Not thought we had a BMX family call in once, where the father and the mother and the the mother and the father and the kids they all did BMX. I somehow maybe maybe we were going to have them on or something, but. I mean, I'm so bad with BMX. I, I didn't know. I know what BMX, you know, basically was. But I'll tell you something. You learn something new every day. I didn't know BMX stood for bicycle motocross. That you didn't know what that stood for? BMX. No, I I, I thought I BMX know. was a, was like the word Kleenex. It was the first person that made a bike, and the name of the company was BMX. Oh, interesting. interesting. And so, okay. so like, you know, like windsurfer isn't technically the name of the sport. It's sailboarding, but windsurfer was there first. I thought um, BMX was actually the name of the company that made a bike. Yeah, hmm. that's interesting. No, it's funny, Jim, hearing him describe it, you know, that, that eight-person gate, eight people racing at a time type thing and you were talking about how exciting the x games can be do yeah. you remember just some of the crazy <laughs> times we've had watching like the eight people the eight man snowmobile races where around you get around one turn <laughs> and half the people have crashed and are out of the race already like just how chaotic that would be it's how much fun was that to watch <laughs> what was that sport called i don't remember but it was just it was the races <laughs> where it was just they were on snowmobiles and they were just racing. It was oh, fast. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you I'm know, just talking about watching that. Like how crazy it would be to like see these massive things. They'll all just fly out of the gate. They'll go around the first turn and half of them crash. I actually think there's been a little bit of a sellout. What I liked about the X Games, the X Games uh -huh. are so much more exciting for me than the winter or the summer Olympics because of the, like the snowmobiles doing backflips, as we said. The you know the triple this and the twisting that and the, and the skateboarding and um i had no idea uh, i forgot I, I, I lost my train of thought there i got so excited about um well I'll, I'll put it back on i'll put you back on a train of thought with this yeah what what is and i, I think i know the answer to this and, and i think it's worth talking about by the way give us a call 707-895-2448 if you want to talk about sports whatever it is you want to talk about give us a ring we can chat at 707-895-2448 jim what's your favorite event you've ever seen in an x game i think i know the answer to this so i'm going to be surprised if you don't give me the answer i think it's going to be i i like that gigantic half pipe or <laughs> I, actually i'm not sure what it is it's it's equivalent to the in, in the regular Olympics, the snow flying, the biggest jump on a skateboard there is, where they just go down big, one... Big just called Big Air. It's called Big Air. Yeah. I, I think that's my favorite, to, to see, basically, if they can land. That, that's really... <laughs> see, the one that I thought you were going to say, because in my recollection, this is the one you were the most fascinated with, was the motorcycle pole vault. Oh, that's right. Where, where you had the dirt bikes that were specific designed and you know distributed their weight and stuff to get a burst of speed to do a pole vault that's literally what they were doing it was just jumping a bike over a bar and it was just i don't i just remember that one standing out for you just being so into that for, for whatever reason i don't know if it was because you know you did you were around high jumps and pole vaults but for some reason i just remember you talking about that one a ton i i just couldn't um 
I, I couldn't believe the sports when the X Games. But what I'm getting now, I remember my train of thought. Um, I think the the X Games sold out a little bit, whereas when it first came on, when you were pretty young, and it first came on, it was raw. It, it, it looked like a, a bunch of skateboarders getting together to support each other. There there, yeah. there wasn't as much much fancy clothes. There wasn't as much sponsorship. But it is so popular now, and basically because it has made, in my opinion, the regular Olympics sort of boring. I mean, I, I think, Jim, I think the other word you could have used other than it was so raw, and I think this is why it just isn't that anymore. It was so new. I think is yeah. the other way to answer to to say what you just said, where it it just was this thing that it you know kind of came out of nowhere, at least from my recollection of it, and it was just so much different. It was it was so new to see the type of events they were doing in the summer and the, and the winter X games. And then it got more popular and they started doing multiple events every year throughout the world and stuff. And it just, it took off and it got, it got sponsorships as you, as you said, but I remember those early, who, who those makes up, years. Do, do you know the history of who's making up these sports? Who's making up the sports in the X games? Hello, call you're on the air. Hey, uh, I love hearing you talk about BMX. I used to take my son to that. But uh, my daughter uh, has just uh, been learning to hurl, and I was wondering what you guys know about hurling. Hurling? Not the post-drinking sports, <laughs> one that you play with a stick and a ball. <laughs> hurling. I, I feel like we talked about this when we were talking about the fastest moving objects in sports a, a few shows right, ago. Exactly. The and fastest moving think, sport on two legs, yeah. Yeah, and I think this came up. This involves, if I recall correctly, it's a ball on a stick, and the stick kind of has a little bit of a groove in it so you can kind of carry it, and you're smacking this stick around, and it's like lacrosse kind of bent, twisted into soccer in a way, where it's like the goal is to get it into a net, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. More or less. But the the, the end of the stick has this uh, like a, a a flat. It's flat and it has a round part on the end of it, and it's called the toe. And um, that, I mean that's 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 basically all I know about it. And I was just wondering, like, it's an Irish sport, and I was wondering if it's played around here anywhere. If you know anywhere, I would love to go see it. I mean, my daughter lives up in Oregon, and she was just telling me about it. Jerry, have you seen any hurling in I, Portland? I, I, I'm work. No, I have not seen any hurling. I, I have absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> but uh, but no, I do know. And, and call it to kind of go with what you're saying there. Like, I the the sport is one of those things that it makes total sense when I saw a video of it. When I kind of looked, I was like, oh, I get exactly what's being described here. It's it's a cool sport. Um, quick look at this. I don't see anything, but but I I will continue to look to see if I can come up with anything. And I will uh, continue to listen. <laughs> so uh, thanks a lot. Uh, uh, I really, really love your show. Uh, you're, you're not the same person that brought up donkey basketball last week, are you? Yeah, <laughs> I am. You are? Yeah. Do you believe that at the end of the show, did you did you continue to listen last week? Oh, yeah. The that guy, he, called, he had a technique for getting the donkeys to move. And uh, I'm actually getting a donkey for, you know, uh, trail for packing. But the, um, 
Yeah, it just it, he cracked me up. I thought, oh, good, you know, because it was it was such it was such a fun thing, you know, it was such a fun thing. They did it regularly at the JC at the Santa Rosa JC, but we talked about that yeah. you know, last week. So anyway, yeah, thank you. Go all over the place and you know talk about a lot of different things and it, it, it's really pleasurable. Thanks for the yeah. call. <laughs> all right. Well, now that we don't, now that the caller's gone, I of course that's when I find my update. Okay, go the ahead. USGA she's still listening. is the governing body for hurling and Gaelic football in the United States, and the Western Division has teams in San Francisco. So and and she she mentioned that it's big. It, it, she knows it's happening in Oregon. I'll take her word for it. I've never seen it up here, but uh, but I, yeah, it, it is absolutely. Uh, I believe it. Yeah, I mean, there, the Oregon has got some interesting sports like rooted in different places. So it wouldn't surprise me. Here's one for you. I just got a text hurling right out of some sort of Wikipedia or dictionary. One of Ireland's native. Gaelic games. It shares a number of features with Gaelic football, such as the field. They use the same field, the same goals, the number of players in a team, and some of the same same terminology. Um, and this is the interesting part. There's a similar game for women called Kamoji, Kamojiak, or something. It shares a why women can't play regular. Uh, hurling, I don't know, but it says there's a similar game for women. So if, if on this website, it's uh, it's funny you mentioned that, Jim. On this website, they, that is listed as one of their sports that they sponsor. Uh, hurling, Kamoji, uh, or however it's pronounced, and then Gaelic football. Uh, so, yeah, that, that is that is there as well. 707-895-2448. Give us a ring if you want to talk about sports, whatever is on your mind. Uh, give us a ring. Let's talk about it. we got about 10 minutes or so left on the sports phone here, so give us a call. 707-895-2448. We never did... We, we never did um actually this two-part question we never did um get back to you know the call last week she called and wanted to know about rec sports which i thought we we hit a home run on with jake burgess uh-huh. um they she also wanted to know about high school sports so i did my research there we we were going to have noah gold the athletic director for mendocino on but um he went to an AD meeting and they they couldn't come up with uh with exactly what they wanted to do. So they're going to get back together on Monday, and then he's going to come on next week. But another um, part of the league, the NCL one, that's Fort Bragg's league. They have made their um, their minds up on what they're going to do. Uh, following the COVID protocols for the rest of this year. Do you want me to run that by or do you want to? Can I, I, I think if you can keep it without going like way, okay. way into the, the, um, the nitty gritty of it. Tim, yeah, what's the, Tim what's Anderson the gave me, Tim Anderson gave me this information and Tim, if you're listening and you want to add to this, we're, um, we don't have too much time here. We're going to get into it more next week, but what Fort Bragg has, um, and, and, and I, I have heard that they have publicized this. What they're doing is for this year, they have completely canceled everything that would have happened in the fall. That's football season, soccer season, volleyball season. That's over. Whatever was going to happen for winter sports, which I believe is wrestling, basketball, yada, 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 that's canceled. Starting March 1st, they have the go-ahead to play some sports that you're allowed to in purple, which in purple, um, you can play tennis, um, 
just to be clear, Jim, sorry, I want to back up one second because you're yeah. just for, for people that may not be tra- I don't know how, how actively people are tracking COVID and not. Purple is referring to a status of COVID in Mendocino County. Right. And soon when we're purple, we can't do baseball and softball, but we can do tennis and and golf, that kind of thing. And um, so they're going to start practicing in Fort Bragg in February. And if we drop down and then we're, they're going to compete in tennis and golf, et cetera, those sports. But as far as baseball and softball goes, they cannot. They can start practicing in in limited way. Um, uh, but um, they can't compete in games on, in softball and basketball and baseball, softball and baseball until it drops down to red. And I don't know what the numbers are to drop down to to, to the red warnings for COVID. Spring tennis, golf, and track is what they can do under the current purple status that's straight from uh from from fort bragg um coach tim anderson and uh that's straight from his athletic director so that's what fort bragg is going to do men um mendocino uh, and and what um what they're going to do we're going to find out next week uh, here's a stat for you, Jerry. It's seven under seven a day, uh, and uh, over a certain period of time, what puts you into the red. And right now, I believe we're about thirty cases a day. So I don't know what's going to change. Yeah, you know? it, I don't know. I, this is where we get into something I mentioned earlier. I'm ever the pessimist I, I know with this type are. of conversation, I and I think you're you're ever the optimist. So we balance each other out really well. I I just think that great you know we're, they're going to try to get out there and play golf and tennis and stuff but my i just even with that where it's an individual non-contact sports when you don't have the resources that the pga has for golf like yeah, it just yeah, there's right. a lot of more variables involved in in this right so it's just i hope it works but i don't know i, I just still think we're we're putting the cart before the horse a little bit here, but we'll see. I could be wrong. I absolutely hope I'm wrong. Yeah. 707-895-2448. About seven minutes left on the sports phone here. Give us a call if you've got anything you want to talk about. 707-895-2448. Uh, Jim, here's a question. I, I uh, This is, I think, a good little time filler. Well, if we get a call, and it won't take us too much time to talk about. We, we uh, I, Like I mentioned... I want to have a larger conversation about the Super Bowl next week. Okay. Not not about the game itself, but I want to oh, have a conversation Super about the, the spectacle that is the Super Bowl. Okay. Uh, who who do you think is going to win the game? Knowing the the little you know about football, who who are you rooting for? Anybody? Or do you, do you have a rooting interest? Hey, hey, uh, I go back to the AFL. I like the AFC. Hello, caller, you're on the air. Uh, yes, uh, love your show, love your show. I just wanted to uh, just wanted to thank the town and the community of Willits very much, very much. So I just wanted uh, to give a big thanks to the to sports the community. It's been really awesome. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, that's um... yeah, it's been life changing, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm so gracious. I'm so so thankful, so thankful. Got anything to add on on, on donkey basketball? Uh, yeah, that, I tell you, there should be maybe a little, you know, some kind of a, psych, a psychological study going along hand in hand with it. I think we could learn something maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> Th- thanks for the call. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, thank it. you. Yeah, I, I, I was, 
um, I see what you're saying, Jer. Always, always good to hear that kind of stuff, though. Always good to hear it. Uh, but yeah, okay. So you're going with the Chiefs. Uh, I, I have no no interest in the, no interest in who wins the game. I'm going to watch the game. But Jim, I did have one stat, and you know I love a good stat. Um, and this stat means absolutely nothing, but there is a Bay Area connection, and so I thought this was kind of a funny football Super Bowl related stat. So. Tom Brady, who's the quarterback of the of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yeah, he has been to the Super Bowl. He's been in the NFL for 21 years. He's been to the Super Bowl 10 times. If you do 10 out of 21, that's 47 percent. So you're saying 47 percent of the time of, of of seasons he's played in the NFL, he's made it to the Super Bowl. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, he's he's made it to the Super Bowl almost okay. half. Okay. This stat means absolutely nothing because it's impossible to compare these two things. But for his career. Steph Curry, pride and joy of the Golden State Warriors, is a 43% three-point shooter. So if you take those two numbers at face value and don't analyze what they actually mean, Tom Brady is more likely to make it to the Super Bowl and get through an entire 16-game NFL season (laughs) plus the playoffs than Steph Curry is for every shot he attempts from three. It's more likely that Tom Brady is going to get to the Super Bowl than Steph Curry's shot is going to go in. I really think, like I said, because you're comparing these two bizarre things, it means absolutely nothing. But I just thought it was a really interesting stat that showed how amazing Tom Brady has been as a quarterback and maybe how good Steph is as a shooter. It's a funny stat. I I think that stat means more than you're giving it credit to me. That that Doesn't is a very why? why does it why does that mean something? It means something that at the beginning of a football season, there's more of a chance that Tom Brady is going to make the Super Bowl than it is every time Steph Curry, one of the will go down in history as the as the if, at least for a while he'll be until somebody beats him. He will end up the with the most three pointers ever in the game, and. He has more of a chance. Brady has more of a chance of getting the Super Bowl. He does to make make one three pointer. That's a huge step. But but you wouldn't say it's easier to get to the Super Bowl than it is to hit a three point shot, would you? There's a higher percentage for him to do it. I guess. Yeah, I guess that's the point. It's just it's 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 a bizarre stat, and I was curious if it meant a darn thing. Uh, but I saw it. And I just it was too good to to not to not bring wow. it up. It was. As that car talk said, Jerry, we've wasted another hour. Yeah, that car really, talk guy used to say that all the time. Um, we have a minute and a half. I, it's not my favorite thing, but if someone calls in the next twenty-one seconds, you got starting the clock. You're starting right now. Well, there's the call. This this caller. When I answer the phone, caller, you have thirty-one seconds. Go ahead. Fantastic. I, I had to keep my oh, January streak going. <laughs> good. I, I was worried about you, Vince. Oh, great show, though. I love it. You know, now we're heading into BMX. We revisited uh, uh, hurling. <laughs> you know, you, you guys are nailing it with this. We're not just talking mainstream sports. As much as I love to, it's great to hear about these other things going on in our area, other sports that people know about and talk about. It's, it's fantastic. Much appreciate what you guys are doing. And, um, I'm going to take the Buccaneers, and we can talk more about it next week. That's they are the they are the first team ever to host the Super Bowl in their home stadium. Ooh, there's a stat. Huh. 
What do you think about Jerry's stat? I, I know now, now you got 10 seconds to comment on Jerry's stat that he just talked about. Very interesting because, you know, Steph Curry has to work really hard as an individual to uh, perfect his craft to shoot 43%. Tom Brady has to work really hard to be the best that he can be, but he's also relying on 10 other guys to, you know, help him get to that end goal. And they've obviously surrounded him with good people, and he's a good leader, and he gets them where they got to go. It's a great stat. I think it's a really, really good we stat. Gotta go. we got to go, yep. Vince. Thanks for keeping your um, – I want to see a double or triple dip next week. Sign off, Jer. All right, we're going to do it. Thank God. Uh, Jake Burgess from uh, Ukiah Rec Sports uh, for joining us earlier in the show. We're going to wrap it up. We'll be back for our first February edition of the Sports Phone next week. Uh, so looking forward to that. And until then, Jim, I'll, I'll talk to you later. Yep. Um, we will have Noah Gold from Mendocino High School saying yep. what Mendocino is going to do next week. That's it for the Sports Phone.